Good afternoon, and thank you for listening to Camille's Demi Hour on 89.5 Nantucket's NPR station. This is a 30-minute show dedicated to sharing an inside perspective of the Epicurean world here on Nantucket Island. You will hear from those voices who've helped create and represent this fascinating place. And lastly, we hope to educate on wine, healthy cooking, and the agricultural and sustainable community here on island. Welcome, everybody. This is a big weekend here on Nantucket Island. We have Nantucket Wine Festival weekend happening right now, which is a huge festival, uh, not only for this island, but for the country in regards to fine wines and great food. If you're enjoying it, continue to do so and safely. Otherwise, hope you're just enjoying this beautiful weather. The guest on my show this weekend, I met actually at the wine festival a couple years ago. I believe he's the epitome of charm and laissez-faire, as they say, that can only come from a French winemaker that has experienced enough hard work paired with success that he emerges radiant with honesty, spirit, and a real love for life. And being with him makes you not only want to drink his wine and learn about the region where they come from, but even more, perhaps visit, sit with him, learn more about his background while sipping some of his most beautiful Chablis. Welcome to Camille's Demi Hour. This is Camille Broderick, host of the show on Nantucket's NPR station. I brought in a very special winemaker I met a couple years ago who I just think is absolutely fantastic. And anyone who meets him will agree as he rolls his eyes. But he is not just an amazing uh, winemaker, but an incredible person. Christian Moreau from Chablis Burgundy. Welcome. Well, uh, thank you, Camille. Uh... <laughs> Again, very happy to be in Nantucket uh, for the wine festival. Uh, we have some winemaker dinner, we have burgundy lunch, have some oyster lunch also with Chablis. Because to me, I always, uh, when people uh, will say, what do you have with the Chablis? I said, well, with the Chablis oyster, with the other premier cru, on cru, something else. But if you talk to my son, Fabien, the real winemaker, because now I'm on the second hand. I'm a retired person, and that gives me the benefit to do what I want, like coming to see you people. Yeah, usually the children are the spokespeople, but in this case, the roles are reversed, and you are the spokesperson. You're the one who travels. You're the one who gets to meet the people, and your son is... Is He's, that working. He's, He's working. He's working. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you are working too. Why don't we talk about your beginnings? Uh, you have a different path. You uh, you oddly actually ended up going to Canada and work in the limber timber. Well, uh, I was I was a good boy, you know, uh, no drug, no drink, but uh, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to work in a vi- in a vineyard. So my father said one day, "We have a big problem, son. So I will find something for you." And actually, I had a cousin who was logging in Alberta, Canada, on the West Coast. And he called him and he said, uh, uh, can, you, uh, can you take my son there? Because I cannot do anything with him in France. So one morning he said, I offer you one way ticket and you pay for your return if you want to come back. So I went in Hinton, Alberta. That's about 200 miles west of Edmonton in a logging camp in the middle of nowhere with tough people, German, Ukrainian, Russian. I began to, uh, by looking after 80 horses in the morning. And after that, you know, I cut log also. Mm-hmm. I cut log, I drove bulldozer, truck, crane. 
I work on a Canadian highway. I think I could put my name between Jasper and Beth. Say Christian Moreau in 1963 worked for you and built your highway. So, but you enjoyed it. You stayed oh, yes, there for oh, yeah, no you problem. stayed there for eleven years. You Even met your years, wife there, you know. And it was a time you work an hour, you get paid. But if you work fourteen, fifteen, sixteen hours a day, you get paid. I was making good money, and you know, when you start making good money, you want to make more and more and more. Why don't we talk about what brought you back to Chablis and where that history and that memory of wine started with you? Well, my father actually came to my wedding because I found a beautiful lady in uh, Hinton and uh, she fell in love with me. But if you talk to her, she will say, what do you mean I fall in love? <laughs> eh? You dragged me out. But anyway, uh, we got married and we got two kids and uh, my father said, okay, the domain is getting bigger. You should come back, this and that. So 1970, with Christine and my first boy, we did come to Chablis and stay for three, four weeks. But uh, I was not excited, after all, coming back. You know, it was not, not uh, the excitement that I have uh, with almost my big truck, you know, 80 ton in the back, boom, boom, boom. I found out it was a slow, slow life. So I, I went back, but my sister came the following year. I said, come on, make an effort. You know, the family would like you to come back. So in 1972, with my wife and two of my boys who were born in Canada, we decided to come back. And for the following three years, of course, I started learning because I didn't went to university or this and that. So I spent three, four years in a vineyard with the guys. And after that, I spent another four or five years in a cellar to learn how to make wine. And after that, you know, after 10 years, uh, I was the winemaker at the, the not Domaine Christian Moreau, it was Gimoré Fils, a big company which was owned by the family and 50% by Allied Domecq but only on the negotiant side, the vineyard remade in a family hand. So during that time in those 10 years, was there a moment when you said, okay, I'm glad I'm back. Uh, this is what I want to do. Was there that moment? No, not exactly. I went back uh, not that excited. More uh, like a job. Well, more like a job, see if I really enjoy it. And I must say after, you know, after a few years, I said, yes, that shouldn't be bad, you know, and... Uh, uh, I was also on a tractor because I like equipment, you know, that's, uh, it was my life for 11 years. So it was not a problem and really uh, listen to the people in a vineyard who teach me how to prune, how to work the vine. And after that, with uh, the cellar master at the domain, you know, to show me how to make wine. And my father also was behind and your father, he led you back into this role. And so did you imagine what direction the company was going to go in at this point? Oh, what, was, what was your father's goals for? Well, the, my father's goal was uh, to, to retire also. And uh, we uh, also, uh, after that, you know, had three boys. Uh, the youngest uh, decided to, to come back. So he went the opposite of his father. He had a degree in biology. He's got a degree in um, onology. He's an onologue. He has a master at Lenita in Bordeaux. He worked for Domaine Chevalier. He worked for La Roche. And he, he also spent one year in New Zealand before he came back. And he came back. He was 28. He was fully equipped. Really. Doesn't mean because you have that much diploma, you know, mm -hmm. that you can be good. But it was very interesting 
in the winemaking, you know. And he went to school in Dijon and Bordeaux. Yeah, Dijon, Bordeaux, and also Rouen. And uh, spent after that, you know, he worked for different domains. And he asked me, geez, I'd like to go to New Zealand. No, I'd like to go someplace else. Domain in New Zealand, Glazebrook. So they called Glazebrook, and Fabien spent uh, one year with him. So do you feel lucky that he took that on his own accord and really yes. ready to take it over? And how rare is that now within well, a, a lot of domains? Yeah, I mean, in a, a to force somebody, it's no good. You know, my father couldn't force me to go in a vineyard when I was 17. I was uh, no interest. He could have forced me, but I don't think I would have been happy or even do a good job. And you can see that sometimes happen. I think if you have uh, one, two or three kids and the one who wants to take over... He must come by himself, you know. And so after that, he will have his own identity. When Fabien came back in 2001, everybody was a little worried in Chablis. Christian with his temper, boom, boom, boom. You don't like it, get out, open the door. But I think I was smart enough to move, by, move back two or three miles. And I, I, I let him do exactly what he wants. I said, I give you the key. So when you, and, and I told him what I told him, make the one that you like. And he looked at me and said, what do you mean? I said, don't make a wine for the English taste, for the Nordic country taste, for the American taste or Japanese. Make the wine that you like and people will enjoy it. Yep. And he succeed. So you've been making wine for six generations. Yes, Fabien is the sixth generation. Different companies have been part of your business. Yes. However, you have always but had... Since 2001, we regain our liberty. Right. We had we had a big negotiation house, uh, my father and my cousin Jean Jacques Moreau, uh, but fifty percent was owned by the at the first Aaron Walker Canadian Company. After that, it belonged to Allied Domec, Allied Lions. But we keep control of the vineyard because we we were selling our grapes to the negotiant. But the the vineyard remained in the end of the company. Right. You've always been managing the land. Uh, you know the wine. We had a contract you know the to supply. But when the contract have come to an end, we regain control. You know, when you sell a company, when they, my father and my cousin sell in the negotiation 50% in 1974, when you sell the pig, we sell the bone and we keep the fat the vineyard. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, that's the the heart of it, the juicy yeah. bits. But you feel that that's the success was having that control. You've seen the yes. lifeline of the business. Yes. And you feel that was the best business decision for the company? I think so. Really, I think so. And Fabien is very happy. You really do what he wants, you know, because uh, what you have in your glass, you know, it comes from the vineyard. And the vineyard, that's 60% of the quality of the wine. Of course, after you have the vinification, style of vinification, but to bring the grapes in very good sanitary condition with the right amount of sugar, you know, a lot of work has to be done in a vineyard. Let's talk about the winery and the vineyards themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's not a large... It's 12 hectares of the domain. The, the domain estate, it's 50% Grand Cru and 50% Premier Cru. We have the Grand Cru Blanchot, we have Les Clos, we have Valmur, and we have Vaudésir. And we have a specific one, but it's not the eight appellations. There's only seven climates. But there's one that we call Chablis Grand Cru Les Clos, Clos des Hospices. So it's a specific parcel that my great-grandfather bought from the hospice of Chablis in 1904. So it's a small plot. Huh? 
If you're just listening, you are hearing the voice of the famous Chablis winemaker, Christian Moreau, who is here for the Wine Festival weekend, a fabulous winemaker, fabulous wines. Uh, his son is in, is really the hands behind the operation, while Christian has brought this business and this family enterprise to what it is today, which is a more small, boutique, beautiful Chablis. You have received many awards. You've also been compared to the other great Chablis producers like Davi Saad. How do you feel about representing Chablis? Well, you know, uh, we talk about the domain, but I also always talk about Chablis. You know, I'm an ambassador for Chablis because we do travel around the world, Fabien. So when we talk about Chablis, we talk, of course, about the family, but we also talk about Chablis. And Chablis, uh, you know, Chablis is special. It's a northern part of Burgundy. To tease my friend from the Côte de Ball, I usually said Chablis is the capital of the Bourgogne. Hey, but this is just to tease them. So we are. Well, the, I haven't forgotten that because yeah, when yeah. I first met you, you made me realize how important Chablis was, and you are an ambassador not for just for your wines, but for Chablis. And I want the audience, I want everyone to hear what Chablis means to you. Well, Chablis, it's a small village, twenty four hundred people, twenty four twenty five hundred people. So everybody live, of course, with Chablis. You have Chablis, and you have eighteen villages surrounding Chablis where actually most of the Chablis village is made. In Chablis, you have the Grand Cru, certain Premier Cru, but the Chablis village and the Petit Chablis are made uh, around Chablis, around 18 villages. You have about 750 hectares of Petit Chablis, 4,000 hectares of Chablis, 750 of Premier Cru, different Premier Cru, and 100 hectares, that's 250 acres, of Grand Cru. And there won't be no extension. We can still uh, extend a little for the Chablis, but all the rest, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's sufficient. So when people who don't know the difference between a Côte de Bonne Burgundy and a Chablis, well, why, Chablis how do you describe uh, you know, it to people? Uh, a Chablis, uh, they, you know, the Côte de Bonne, you take a Pouligny Moracher, Chevalier Moracher. I mean, we have to compare that with the, with the Grand Cru. They are richer wine compared to our uh, Grand Cru or even Premier Cru. Chablis, we are more on the minerality. I think uh, maybe more on the finesse and elegance, you know. We are not as heavy as, a, as a, the Côte d'Or. There is sometimes more acidity also. Not aggressivity, but just a little point of acidity. I feel Chablis is one of those wines that can really, really help people who are learning about wine understand terroir. Mm. It has such a reflection, the terroir in the wines. Do you want to talk about the special terroir in Chablis? Well, this is what we call the Chimeridien. That Chimeridien is made of limestone and a small oyster. If you come in a vineyard, you know, uh, have some in a cellar, but people say, oh, it's just, uh, where are they? And you make a special pick. No, if you walk in a, in a vineyard and if you make good attention, on your feet, and you can see all those small rocks, you know, mm -hmm. full of oyster. And that gives, you know, that the, the, ce côté minéral, you know, that certain acidity, not aggressivity. You have mm -hmm. to be careful between the two terms, which is very special to Chablis. It has that flint, as they Flinty. say. And it is Chardonnay, which is one of the most it's common grapes in the course. world. Of course. And you think that this sliver of expression is very special? It's very special to Chablis. Oh, yes, it is. No, Chablis is special. Chablis <laughs> is magic. Eh? And we have four different appellations. 
you know, the Petit Chablis, Petit Chablis is also a super wine, you know, as an aperitif, you know, easy wine to drink, the Chablis Village, of course, oyster, but if you don't like oyster like my son, you can also have it with something else. <laughs> and as you go up with the, the Premier Cru and the Grand Cru, uh, you can match it with different food. You know, uh, a Grand Cru, a Grand Cru Les Clos with oyster, People might say, oh, it's great. I don't think so. I think the Chablis, the simple Chablis or Petit Chablis will be better with oyster. The Grand Cru will be, you know, with salmon, cooked salmon, poultry, cheese. I think uh, a, a Grand Cru with cheese is better than the red wine. And I'm not the only one who, who will say that. How is the response for the American palate for Chablis? Is, is it a growing market for Chablis? It's a, it's, a, it's a big market. Actually, we, you know, the family, we've been in the American market since 1935. My father was a food and beverage manager at the French Pavillon during the World Expo in 1938. He was chosen by uh, Monsieur Drouin, a restaurant from uh, Paris, because my father speaks fluent English, said, Guy, you want to go to New York for a few years? Duck, he went. And he was responsible for the cellar and buying all the wine. And he told me it was the best years of my life, you know. He was nice and meeting a lot of people. And that's when he met a Colonel Wineman. And that's when the, 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 the story Moreau and Wildman started. So it's a long story. Well, a lot of people don't realize that with the winemakers, that their relationships with the suppliers and the distributors is it's, so important. It's very important. You know, we, we've been with Frederick Wildman now for, you know, since 1938. It's very it's rare. Very, even, even if there's a change in a company, the family spirit stay in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And to me, a relation between, let's say, between me, my son, and people uh, on the other side are very important. If you don't get along, as well change. But we have no problem. And when there is a problem, pick up the phone. Eh, we have a little problem, this and that. That's the best way. Mm-hmm. That's the use to talk to one to another and get, you know, all mixed up. The vineyard has also gone through its own change into a more organic style through Fabian. Do you want to talk about that? Yes. Well, Fabian came back in 2001. He had his own idea. He didn't put everything in place at, uh, at the same time. He also, you know, even if you have 10 years of diploma, you must also get respect for the employee, but he was working with them, so he had all the respect for that. And uh, in 2007, uh, he started to go organic uh, in certain uh, parcels of uh, Vaillant. I remember he was taking me to the train in Auxerre, I was coming here or someplace else. He looked at me and said, Dad, I'm going on organic in certain parcels of Vaillant. I didn't say a word. He looked at me. You have nothing to say. I said, you have the key. That's your job. And so for three, four years, you went from one parcel to another parcel. And after that, you went for the Grand Cru again. On my way, said, this year, I'm going organic for the Grand Cru. I said, good. And uh, he asked the official certification in 2010. And now we are officially certified for the domain with the 2013. We are ECOSER. So he went step by step because you cannot change everything from one year to another. Say, okay, I'm going organic next year. I change everything. You must uh, see the way uh, the vine react to your new treatment. And, you know, 
There's so much bullshit about organic. You know, you can see in big domain, all the marketing, we are organic. That's bullshit. In Chablis, you have maybe five people who are really organic. You know, sometimes I'm mad. So I might put a few things, you know, on the social media because I don't care if people are not organic. It's not my problem. But I do not like people said, yes, we're organic, maybe. But if we need to, to put a little chemical, we put it. No, yeah. you are in or you are not. I have a guy there who's been working 35 years. And when he did, Fabien decided to do this and that, I said, oh, Christian, hey, your kid, boy, 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 hey, you want to change everything. <laughs> but I said, I mean, there's no choice. The door is open over there. He's the boss. And uh, two, year, two, three years ago, he said, Geez, I can see the change in a vineyard. No, I'm not kidding. So it really lets the vines speak for themselves. Exactly. Um, it's more challenging, I imagine, more they, risky. They, 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 the people said the cost. It's not the cost. It's uh, the employee. Starting next week, instead of having four people in the vineyard, they're going to be fa- uh, eight. And uh, I know the next step because uh, he told me it was about three weeks ago. He said, I'm going down to Bone. I said, well, you're going to Bone. Oh, I'm going to, for a colloque on a biodynamic. So I'm quite sure the next step will be biodynamic. Well, if you take La Romane Conti and I know some other domains, it works well, you know. That's better. We are killing ourselves. We are killing the atmosphere. So if we can make a small effort, I don't know if we will save the planet, but I mean, we'll, we'll save... We'll have better wine. We <laughs> Better wine. And, you know, you save the people who are working in a vineyard. A couple more questions. What's your vision for the brand in the future? I'm very excited, you know, when I see a report on the domain. And when I say, hey, Fabien, you, you, you see, uh, talk- oh, come on, give me a break. You know, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the opposite of the father. You know, uh-huh. he's very quiet. He's very happy inside. I know that. Eh? He, he wants to improve every year. We taste every barrel. He tastes, you know, I can arrive in a cellar and he's with a glass and tasting every barrel just to see the evolution. Mm-hmm. Should he use the same barrel next year? I would say you always learn, you know, there's always something that uh, you will discover. It's an attention of every day, really. That's the secret of a winemaker is to be present and to be tasting. To be present, to be tasting, and uh, not to be also your own judge, you know. We do uh, every month. We will have all the bottle, you know, with a number on there, and they will be taste blind. And we always have somebody else, a person from outside that we know is honest, and he will also give his own opinion. Because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you're used to your product, and you can be blind on certain defaults. So it's nice to have an outside opinion. Mm-hmm. We might not listen to him, but it's <laughs> good to have the opinion. It's just like chefs. They need other people to taste their food. Uh You become desensitized a little bit. Uh And so what does this vintage look like? To be honest, the last couple of years, it's a disaster. The cellar are empty, not only ours. 2015, uh, we we were down 25, 30%. And 2016, 50%. Due to frost? Due to frost last year and to hailstorm. Mm. If we have a client who took 1,000 cases, the allocation will be... 500. I mean... Uh, You're still at the mercy of nature. Yeah, c'est, c'est Mother Nature who decide. Eh? At the domain, we lost our Petit Chablis and 80% of our Chablis Grand Cru Valmur. The rest, Les Clos, Vaillon and our Chablis Organic are saved up to now. And uh, the vines are looking very good. Last year, we had a small frost, but before that, for three, four years, we didn't have any. Mm-hmm. You know, people said, ah, global warming, it's good, we won't have any frost anymore. And we could see this year in France, it's terrible. 
une Loire-Vallée, une Jura, euh, Languedoc, euh, Saint-Émilion, Thousand, Thousand of Hectares, Côte d'Or, Just a Little, But Still, Jura. Yeah, there's hmm. big, damage, big frost damage in France this year again. Well, I guess that means everyone get your hands on more of your wine as fast as you can. Oh, well, with a smile, you can, we can have a bottle, maybe. <laughs> well, you're welcome to this island any time of the year, not just for Wine Festival. For the Wine Festival and for the oyster. I'm yes. crazy about oyster. Oh, good. Well, you're in a good place. Yes, I know. <laughs> well, it's an honor to have you here. I wish you the best of luck with the rest of your vintage and your season. And to Fabian, please send our best. And to thank him personally for the beautiful wine he creates. If you run into Christian Moreau this weekend, please stop and say hello. He's a, just a fantastic, fantastic man. Thank so you, Camille. Cheers uh, to you. Thank you. Cheers to you. Merci. Merci.